Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of An Unconventional Guide to Success. Scott and I are excited for this season and hope you will truly enjoy our incredible lineup of guests who will share their stories and help us as we continue to explore concepts and discuss real-life examples showing that the path isn't linear and that the journey to success is self-defined. My name is Linda Misagatis. And I'm Scott Montgomery. And we will be your guides. Hi everyone! Welcome back to uh, to uh, this new episode of the Conventional Guide to Success. I'm excited to have my uh, my partner in crime here, Scott Montgomery. How are you, Scott? I'm good, Linda. How are you I'm for a Friday? Good. I know. I can't believe it. I'm so glad it's Friday. So um, it's been a long week for sure. <laughs> and it has, but we're going to end it on a good note today. I'm really excited about our guest. Yeah, me too. Yes. I can't. I, it's so great. Latoya and I go way back. Um, got to work together at City and County of Denver, and I'm just so excited to have her here in the studio today. Um, but let me introduce everyone to Latoya. Uh, Latoya began her human resources career in the private sector, actually, and after several years, she really continued her career in the public sector, which is where I met her at City and County of Denver. And she supported three of our largest departments, really worked to create and implement workforce, some and recruitment strategies and diversity, inclusion, employee engagement and development. Um, and then Latoya joined Colorado Public Radio in 2021 as the Senior Vice President of People and Culture. And at CPR, Latoya oversees the human resources staff and focus areas, uh, really focusing in on strategy and implementation, sustainability um, for the organization's diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Uh, Latoya a Colorado native like myself. Um, she grew up in Park mm-hmm. Hill area and um, is really a, rebo- a results-focused leader. And I experienced that working with Latoya. Um, I got the chance to watch her grow into her career. And, um, and it's just been amazing to see the incredible things she's continued to do on her journey. So you just got over 20 years of human experience, uh, human resource, well, human experience. Um, that's, that is the whole human resources side <laughs> of it. So, um, But uh, we're so excited to have you here, um, Latoya. So welcome to the studio. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Good. Well, hey, we'll jump right in. Um, and you know, Scott, uh, I always like to ask a bunch of um uh, questions that Scott thinks. I, I don't know what he thinks. Maybe they he well, he likes to jump right into the the interview. I'm so. going to jump right in. Then I'll start. I'll start. I'll <laughs> kick us off. Linda. Yeah, no, you I always do. like to do a little PR. He on does. The book yeah, a little, little shameless plug. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> I just published this book, Latoya. I hope you get a chance to read it. I'll be sure to send you a copy if you hadn't. Awesome. But, okay. But one of the things that we like to do is guide our conversations around some of what happened in this book uh, and what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the first chapter is about partnerships. Uh, first two chapters are about partnerships and relationships in business. So to that end, clearly you and Linda go way back and those are important things for your career as well. One of our first areas of interest is what who might be the three most important or, influ- or influential people in your career path that you might want to talk about with us today. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, a couple people that I come to mind first, I would say um, may not be career related, but definitely my grandmother. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And for my for me, you know, I've, I've always been a person that likes to watch people. And so I used to always watch her. And um, one of the things I remember about my grandmother is she could walk in the room and you could just feel her presence and strength without her saying a thing. Um, and I think a lot of people respected her because of her presence. Um, 
very ambitious, had a lot of grit, but on the other side, very sophisticated with a lot of grace. Um, so I thought it was a very good balance. Um, yeah. So that's one definitely that I would say, um, another personal to me, I think it's my dad. Uh, my dad for me balances out the love and he, when I think of my dad, I think of love. Um, I think he is the individual for me that really showed me what it looks like in a true way to love and have compassion for others. And also, um, he was the first person to, I think, court and woo me as a, as a male figure in my life. You know, I just remember back uh, surprises for uh, picnics between him and I um, at the park. And uh, Valentine's Day, I would always get flowers and cards when I was little from him. And just having just fun and excitement, but also just him having an overwhelming support for me and also being so mm-hmm. very proud of what I was doing. And I think that really um push me to make sure that I was pushing myself, if that makes sense. Um so oh those are three three. Um and the third one I will mention, and I'm not sure if she knows this, and I really may have to contact uh this professor after this. Um had a professor named uh by the name of Prudence Pre- Peach Tree. Oh. Prudence Petrie. Wow. And she was impactful to me um, as a professional because she was the first one that jolted me and made me get my stuff together. There was a time and period uh, when I was a teenager and I was always, I would always show up and do my work, but I was not fully invested at a period of time. And uh, she had a, what I call a crucial conversation with me. <laughs> I broke, you know, typical, typical teenager, I broke down crying, but to this day, I remember every word that she said. Wow. She did it with compassion, but she was very Good. serious about what she what she uh, you know relayed to me, and it definitely put me back on the right track. And so, I think those those type of individuals are the ones that tell you the truth, can tell you the mm-hmm. truth with respect and compassion, but also just tell you that truth that gets you back on track. And I appreciate that. Now, well, you know that's so important, and one of the things um, I think is really important. One of the reasons I wrote my book the way I did is to talk to that next generation and those those people who are in that critical intersection that I too found myself in. And I wrote about the same people who maybe gave me that consequences <laughs> yeah. conversation. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's nice to hear you talk about that because I think people don't talk about that enough. So again, welcome to our podcast and get, getting to the, the heart of it is going to be so critical and important for our viewers. And Really nice to hear that that you take it all the way back to your grandmother. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, isn't it and, so funny how relationships, you know, they all start back on that personal level, which is what we yeah. talk about a lot is, um, you know, where does it really begin? And sometimes it is our, uh, you know, maybe you're fortunate enough with your parents, your grandparents, or maybe a sibling. And then sometimes it's just, you know, it could be a childhood friend or someone who, who has that kind of impact. But it seems like yeah. it does kind of always start start with those influential people at a personal level that really help us understand the real value of relationships. I think. I agree. I think also if you pay attention, you could get something from everyone. Yeah. You just, you just have to pay attention, you know, whether it's positive, negative, you're gaining something from someone. 
that can be helpful for you in your next step in your life. Yeah. So I, I think I try to I try to do that as much as possible. Totally um, agree. So, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. What made you decide like to head down the path of human resources, um, particularly, you know, mm-hmm. in that route? Because um, you, a lot of people I know in my experience, like for me, my focus was more on the payroll side of the house. But mm-hmm. um, but you, a lot of times you'll hear, well, I just accidentally, but you didn't accidentally fall into human resources. You set a path towards going into human resources. So why did you choose that direction? Well, to be honest, Linda, I I feel like when I started out, I kind of did fall into yeah. <laughs> to HR. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it started really early for me where I was working at a movie company and every component of the duties and responsibilities that they would give me was some way, some, somehow be connected to personnel management or HR. Hmm. And so I didn't, I didn't consciously realize it at that point. Yeah. But as every role from that point really connected to those type of experiences. And, you know, I think it was really when I was um, under your wing in payroll and we were doing a centralized component of payroll and HR that I really found like, yeah, that's really where I want to go. So it was actually there that I really started to realize that's really the path I want to take. Cool. Yeah, no, yeah. that's neat. I didn't realize that. And that's, um, well, and that was a big part of that was a component of that role. You're right, is we had to spend so much time. It was a very large uh, effort. And it was all about relationships there too, right? We had to go out and develop relationships with all the different agencies and department heads and employees, mm-hmm. because it was such a huge undertaking. Yeah. Um, but the way that we were successful was through the relationships each of you developed and being able to build that trust, I think, so that people recognize that, yes, this was a big change, but uh, but they could trust that we were thinking about them and that we were taking their interests into. So, I think the networking component of relationships and like you said, the social capital, capital aspect of your careers, I love that we're going right there because yeah. I think that's really the foundation. So many people separate business and humanity, and yeah. that's really not yeah. what is mm. you're going to find in success. That is you so know, true. it's about your parents, it's about your coworkers, it's about relationships. I think that's the the capstone to a lot of successful people. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to hear you talk about that, Latoya. It's really it's really important. Absolutely. I didn't realize you guys had such history and all of that too. That's great. Well, we and do, it was through your do. network too, right, Latoya, that you ended up over at Colorado Public um radio. So um so yeah. it was again through those connections that you had developed that you, I think you were sharing with me that um that one of your uh friends colleagues reached out to you about this opportunity over here at CPR. Yeah, you know, I, I do want to highlight, you know, the city for a minute because I think working for the city and building, having so many diverse businesses and organizations yeah. and people within also broadens the opportunities that you may have inside the city and also outside, right? right? And so it was at the city that I, I, I think I grew significantly in building different types of relationships and it was another leader at the city that had left the city, but uh, kept me in the back of her mind and also kind of brought this opportunity at CPR to my attention. So um, definitely that connection um, from the city and also her seeing me do the work and me Mm -hmm. working with her, I think also helped to hopefully keep me in the back of her mind, which uh, led to this great opportunity that that I'm in today. So, Yeah. yeah. No, that makes. Isn't sense. that funny that how you? Isn't it funny that who you know begets what you know? 
Yeah, I had found that as well, yeah. that you want to honor the opportunity by maybe learning something new and being more productive in a way you never thought you could be challenged by. Yeah, And so it goes back to kind of falling into your career a little bit, but not really, because we all did that. I you know my mentors are why I got into technology at all is because I appreciated those people. And then I learned how to do yes. it in honor of that. Yeah. 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 And also valuing yeah. and respecting the people that you, um, you run into because you just never know what connection um, that relationship may bring you down the line. Yeah. I think that's that's important too. Yeah, Yeah. no, you're absolutely right. Say that again out loud because I agree 100%. (laughs) You never know. You never burn a bridge. And Linda and I have talked about that. We both have burned one bridge in our careers and it was intentional (laughs) and it was right right to the ground. That's it. That's it. Because you you never know. So uh, Sometimes we have to go there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But but you also never know when you might have to cross it again. And so it is, it has to be a very thoughtful, conscious choice. If you decide that it is a bridge you're going to burn um, to know that it's probably burned forever because it is, it is such a small community. Um, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially I think in the world of social media now and social capital, because you can't, um, it's a little hot, um, harder to hide necessarily because you know yeah. once you're out there there's somebody who who knew somebody who knew you type of thing and so yes. that's i yes. think why the criticality of those relationships um really kind of come into play with you know long-term success along those lines what are your thoughts um kind of like along mentorship and coaching so did you do would you look back in your career and say like that there were some important mentors that you had in your life or did you ever seek out any type of um formal coaching um throughout your career yeah you know i will say i did have a opportunity to have an executive coach for a period of time and um that was a valuable experience for me. I will unfortunately have to say, I don't remember having a um, dedicated mentor. I I don't think, you know, as I saw that question, I thought back and I think I just, until, you know, just very recently really didn't believe I had um, the space to ask someone to take and dedicate time to be a one-on-one mentor to me. Interesting. yeah, you know that is, I thought that was interesting as I said it out loud too. But yeah. I think you yeah. know it's more me saying that out loud makes me feel like it's even more valuable and important for me to make sure that others recognize yes. and take advantage of it. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Wonderful. If I just didn't, you know, I didn't have the courage to ask for it. Um, I've always been mindful of other people's time yeah. and maybe just didn't. Um, put it out there and ask for them to make the space for it. Sure. Um, but, you know, so I may, I may have not had a, you know, dedicated mentor, but yeah. I will say there were many leaders in my life, um, including you, Linda, oh. who I remember just interacting with and reporting to. And, you know, even with the work, I think for me, a lot of the leaders that I think about from a mentor perspective, just took the time to have conversations. I don't remember all the conversations. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it reminds me of a quote. I think it's not, it's, people may not remember what you do, but they'll remember how you make them feel. Yes, yeah. I think that's a Maya Angelou quote, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. And so that is what I remember. And, you know, I think for me as a woman, um, I had a lot of strong leader, women leaders in my life that I felt like were mentors to me. Yeah. Um, whether we were just talking about a process or 
um, a dynamic in the organization, just having the time to sit down with them and hear and pick their brain, I think was just valuable for me. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Talk, about your, that. talk about your experience with executive coaching, like, you know, because there's a lot of mixed um, feelings of people around um, the whole, uh, around whether the value and, and what you, because I think you only get out of coaching what you put into it, which is just like mm-hmm. anything, right? If you played sports mm-hmm. or done anything, um, coaching is really something where you have to put something into it. It's, you know, not like just because somebody's there that suddenly everything, you know, now you've got it all figured out or something. You got to actually put some effort. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I think when I sought the executive coaching out, it was more because in the human resource world, that's an avenue that we can offer to leaders, employees, staff. Um, I don't believe at offering executive coaching for corrective action. Yeah. Fully. Um, I think it should be a positive experience. But to offer it, I needed to know what it was about. So how can mm-hmm. I offer something to somebody else that I haven't even Um, engaged in myself. So that was really kind of what my thought process was. Um, And for me, I think, you know, it was valuable. I think executive coaching and coaching to me is really asking questions to help people get to their own resolution or answer. And um, not only was that helpful for me in my career, but it was helpful for me to always be more self-aware of myself and also, um, analyze myself, you know, in situations. Sometimes we can get in situations, whether it be um, heated situations or normal situations and assume things and not necessarily really understand how we showed up in that situation ourselves to kind of contribute. And I think that those are two of the biggest components that I got out of the executive coaching class that was not only helpful for me, but also how do I apply that to help others? And yeah. HR is a lot of coaching too. It is a lot of you know, coaching. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think it was definitely valuable. I think, you know, it could be used in a lot of different ways. A lot of, um, a lot of leaders and uh, peers that I know, they, they have a dedicated reason why they want to go to executive coaching, which is okay too. Right. I didn't go into it with a specific um, agenda, mm-hmm. um, but I, I definitely feel like I got a lot out of it. Great. Did you get? Uh, did you go through a certification class, or did you have an executive coach that you were working one on one with? I was. Uh, I had an executive coach that I worked directly with. Um, yeah, I started down the journey of uh, getting my uh, coaching certification, and I do want to complete that. I haven't yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do want to do that. But um, I had a dedicated one on one coach. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. I did. I did uh, the certification, and I certified with the International Coaching Federation. Yeah, and I really, I really appreciate how you uh, summarized nicely that it's a series of questions that help someone find them their best self. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of times, a lot of times there is a discrepancy uh, misunderstood between coaching and mentor. And I, I really mm-hmm. appreciate you noting that difference at a very high level. And I would highly recommend you pursue coaching. And just in what we've talked about, you'd be an ex- exceptional coach, I can tell. Oh, oh, well, thank you. Yes, I know for sure she would. <laughs> well, and along those lines, so like what's one piece of advice you'd give someone who is starting out um, in in a career like human resources? Um, you know, like what, what would you recommend to, to people who are thinking about that from an advice perspective? Mm-hmm. There's a lot I want to say about this. Um, I would say first things first, um, 
those that are interested in HR, I would ask or encourage them to come into it with a different a, a different lens than what the normal HR is. Okay. And what I mean by that is um, I love my profession, but I also think my profession has some opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been very, um, we have been positioned to be transactional, reactive, um, and not necessarily valued for the expertise that we bring to the table. Yeah. Um, and, you know, organizational dynamics can contribute to that, but I don't, I also don't feel like we've empowered ourselves to be positioned in the best way sometimes, mm-hmm. um, to add value, not only to the employees, which ultimately adds value to the organization. Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, the lens of owning your expertise, um, um, I, it may sound harsh, but owning your authority in your profession yeah. is important. I agree. Um, and coming in it to it that in with that lens versus, you know, and I I'll say it in the example of sometimes we can be in a more consultant advisory, mm-hmm. uh, but if there is something that is not right and yeah. we know it's not right, that's when that the cons- consultation and the advice. Um, needs to go to the to the side and we need to be a little more authoritative in that yeah. conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, yeah. I truly believe in that and also how that ties to how we enhance diversity, equity, and inclusion in the organization. I think the two go hand in hand. Uh, so that would be one thing. I think the second thing that I would add to that advice I would give is, um, and when I look back on my experience at the city, mm-hmm. one, the, one, or the one thing that I value the most is the opportunity to have my hands in almost everything. Yeah. I mean, that was so exciting to me. I mean, we did payroll, we did leave. Uh, I remember working with peers to do the implementation of Kronos and then getting into HR. (laughs) I did leave on that perspective and then training, onboarding, uh, learning and development. It was just so many things that I was able to uh, you know, develop myself in um, so many people I got to work with. So take advantage of that. If you are in an organization yeah. and don't, don't rush to have it. Yeah. Take, take time and really get, get, get into it deeply. You know yes. what I'm saying? You yeah. know, know those different functions and components of HR because, you know, in at my role now at the level that I'm in, um, you know, the level that I'm at, all those components have been extremely helpful to yes. me connecting mm-hmm. the dots and coming yeah. up with strategies and approaches and helping to support my team. Although I, I don't think I would have been as successful in this role without those experiences. So yeah. that would be my advice. Oh, I love that. When I love what yeah. you just brought up too about, um, because I think you're absolutely right. One of the, my I've done a couple sessions on that conversation around um, being more strategic business partners, you know, HR. Yeah. This is most people mm-hmm. that um, really have a career in HR have gone to school and generally have um, a degree, uh, even in some level of psychology, right? Because there's a psychological yes. aspect to um, even the co- coaching, mentoring, leadership, all of that. There's, mm-hmm. there's that people side of it that all factors into it. And you're right. I think historically, uh, HR had been viewed too tactically. It's just, you know, there to 
process paperwork yep. and get people, you know, like terminations not yeah, terminations, onboarding, onboarding yeah. you know, uh, grievances pop up and, and now you call in your HR person to handle the paperwork type of situation, but not yeah. really management thinking OD. it. Yeah, yeah really having that, that seat at the yes. table. Yes. No, I yeah. totally agree. So I love that advice. I think that's really good. And I think owning it to what you just said there too, is like having the confidence to go in when you, um, you know, that whole thing they say to see something, say something. Well, it kind of fits into that role of HR as yeah. well, because when That's you see there. that there's a problem or disparity or, or there are issues around, um, you know, from uh, behavioral diversity, all of this, it is a, it's a responsibility to say something about it, not to just, mm-hmm. you know, think, well, that's not really my job. I can't, or I, or I don't have the authority to speak up type of thing. So, well, and the leadership needs to be coached into that too. The leadership needs to embrace that organization. It's hard. It's hard if they don't. And it's, it leads to then feeling like coaching is not, is a reactive thing for uh, reprimand and for correction versus growth and learning and continual learning. Right. So I hear, I hear you loud and clear on that. And I think, you know, as a business owner myself, I often try to apply some of that OD change management work on my yeah. teams as they're yeah. evolving and developing partnership we have with Kronos today, for example, I'm, I'm working those kind of functions in as we revamp the team because later they become reactive instead of proactive. There you go. Those, yeah. those are your words. Yeah, exactly. No, I, totally, you know, I agree. I totally that. agree. Something that definitely helped me too is uh, process improvement yeah. and understanding that change management, you mentioned that, Scott and process improvement, and also being familiar with using data to help drive decisions too. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah. Those three things together, along with you having your ear to the ground with the people, you, I mean, that's all you need there. Yeah. That, that, yes. That's the golden package right there. And so- Plus the partnerships and relationships. Don't forget that piece. It's such yes. a critical piece. Yeah. Yes. yes. You know, <laughs> I also say, I feel like HR has a lot of project management components in there. So yeah. people getting into HR career don't feel like you have to take the standard approach to your education right. or experience with, you know, just doing HR education or yeah. whatnot. Branch out into process improvement, project management, change mm-hmm. management. Yeah, all those things are going to be vital in how you do your job on a day to day basis too. No, so important you say that, boy. Like highlight this stuff. Thank you for your contributions. That's great. Yeah. Yes, no, I totally, I agree. agree. That's awesome. So, yeah. Latoy, my guess is that you probably have to, in especially in your role, is to think about how do you apply goals and habits to to really kind of be effective in what you're doing. So, talk a little bit about um, your process process to like, you know, establish what are those goals and habits and, and how does, how does that factor into then creating that balance for you for self-care as well? So, you know, you've obviously got the work side of it, but then how do you balance that out from a self-care perspective as well? To working, to be working in, in peak performance, yeah. which clearly you are. <laughs> so yeah, that's a combination that a lot of people would, would benefit from your, your, your sharing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it starts out with first things first as a leader. Um, and I'll say this, I had, I never really strived to be a leader. <laughs> leader is a hard job. You know? Yes, and it you is. You are yeah. responsible for creating experience for people under you and you can either make or break that. So yeah. I take it very seriously. But I say that to say it starts with me understanding what type of leader I want to be. Um based off of my experiences, what worked well for me, what didn't work well, and how do I want to show up for my team and the others around me. Um, 
I am, a, you know, from an organizational standpoint in this role, I think the first thing for me uh, was really assessing what was happening. Um, what were the employees saying? Um, what's the CEO saying? Yeah. Where does he want to go? Where are we currently? Um, where are the gaps? Uh-huh. Um, I'm a big believer in building the foundation, um, yeah. which is really where I spent most of my year and nine months with CPR. Is after understanding where the gaps are, um, what what people are looking for, where are we going with our vision? Yeah. Um, what things do we need to have in place to make sure that we are able to get there and also sustain what we have in place, you know? Um, so those are, I think, some of the starting components. And that's really how I start to connect how we establish our goals. You know, so my goals, based off of what I see and what we need to develop for that bigger picture, yeah. that's going to be my goal. And that's how I communicate, how I help my employees um, envision what their goals should be. And, you know, right. I like that to be a collaborative process. So I'll say this is the vision Wonderful. for the HR team based off of the bigger picture. Um, these are your roles and responsibilities. Go and tell me what is what are your goals look like? And let's make sure that we're in sync once you bring those back. And yeah. so that's really how we stay in, um, in sync. And then also identifying, it's really important for me to identify what does it mean? Once Now we have those goals established. What does success and going beyond success look like. Yeah. So they have something to strive for just beyond just, you know, the status quo of doing the day-to-day job too. Um, and re- reevaluate now on a regular basis. I think sometimes I get a lot of leaders that think once you have a goal in place, you can't touch it, you can't change it. Yeah. But things around <laughs> us are changing all the time. Yeah. So if something <laughs> changes, we need to revisit that and you know, restructure it in a way the goal is to make it to, you know, to put those goals in place to be successful. Yeah. Um, And so if we we can do that, let's do that. But that's really, I think, some of the beginning steps that I try to put in place and use with my team and my staff from an HR perspective uh, to help us support the organization as a whole. What about from a LaToya perspective? What do you do to have yourself working in peak performance? Self-care, habits, goals, personal you know, I, I work out every morning. I, you know, I definitely have a routine. I am definitely an old dog with the same tricks, but I find <laughs> I work at, the, at, at peak performance when I know there's no surprises in the routine that I hold. Do you yeah. have any kind of uh, idiosyncrasies like that that you like I to follow? Do. Or think? Oh, good. So, Sharon, please. Scott, first things first. <laughs> what I do know about myself is I definitely have to have sleep. So okay. if, I yeah. am, if I don't have it, you do not want to see me if I'm sleeping. <laughs> it's not, it's okay. not a cute picture. That, um, I think, you know, uh, I'm definitely a foodie, um, but having a, and maintaining a healthy diet has helped yeah. me a lot, um, uh, along yeah. with the sleep. And this is a big one for me. And I, you know, definitely try to continue to advocate for my organization. Time off is time off period. Yeah. Yeah, I set that expectation Good. for myself. I make sure that my team sets that expectation for them. Even when things are going on and we feel like we can't find time, I push them to make sure that they f- find time to take time off and vacations and um, disconnect. You know, I know yeah. my boss doesn't always like this, but when I'm off, I do not want to be bothered. I yeah, need right. that time to, you know, come down and recharge. Be my- yeah, recharge. Yeah. I really do. And yeah. If I don't get it over eventually, eventually I start to be 
um, you know, I disgruntled and yeah. disengaged yeah. and, you know, I'm not showing up to be my best self at that point in time. I'm not going to be valued. And you're reactive. Yeah. Yes. Reactive instead yeah. of proactive. Yeah. yeah. Well, our, our alignments are so similar. I did a whole chapter on self-care and I'm a foodie. I am yeah. a foodie. But boy, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, get the sugar into me and I start to get a little crazy <laughs> and then it, and then miss a little sleep. And then God forbid I put over. my toothbrush in the wrong spot. It's all over. It's all over. I will say, though, every Friday I try to treat myself to an ice cream cone. So that's what I do. Yeah. I love ice cream. <laughs> that's so. good. That's my treat on Fridays. Yeah. You got to have those. That's you got to reward yourself once in a while. Yeah. So no, yeah. I had a, I had a date with my wife today. We went to lunch. We had, we try and once a week, get a couple hours off the grid. We work together. We raised three kids together. We've been married for 23 years. We've dated for five. Um, you know, there's a lot of Scott and Caitlin, <laughs> Yes, but, but we also spread ourselves thin. So we try and have a date each week that gives yeah. us just, you know, phone, stay in the car. We're going to go connect for yes. a couple hours. It's, it's lunch. It's, you know, not date night. It's not dinner. It's not responsibility. It's just go, let's go have lunch. And so today I was sitting there and I'm like, I'm a little cranky. I don't really want to be here today. I'm a little. <laughs> and she said, what's wrong with you today? I go, I haven't worked out in four days. That's, so oh, one that's of the, key. Yeah. Yes. One of the big things for me is I've got to go get that testosterone push or yeah. that energy out of yep. me. Yeah. Just because I run hot and I run high. It's it, it brings me back down to a normal level to be in a little bit of pain from a workout. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> and and I, I agree like, with that. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like to weight lift. So I definitely keep that in my rotation, too. But also getting back to what you enjoy from, you know, arts and crafts is something I enjoy. Like I, I'm a DIYer. Oh, yeah. yeah. So okay. while it might seem like that, that doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound exciting. Yeah. That's where I get my joy. So I'll it's go and do that. Yeah. 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 No, it's important. You got to find those little things. They're so critical. Well, I have loved oh, spending yeah. time with you today. We always like to end our show with three questions. Yeah. And so, um, so the first one is, what three books would you recommend to our audience and why those books? Yeah, let's, ooh, that's a great question. Um, well, I'll be sure to send you one yeah. so you can answer this because I do the shameless yeah, plug again. Shameless plug, Scott, always, uh, always adding that to the list. We'll have so. you back. <laughs> just kidding. Well, just kidding. Uh, well, no, I definitely want to get your book and read that and also be able to pass it along too. Um, Thank you. Let's see. One book, uh, The Mysteries, is it called The Mysteries of the Unnamed Midwife? I believe okay. that's the name of the book. Yeah. Um, I cannot for the life of me remember the author's name, Meg something. Yeah. Um, so I try to mix, let me say, I try to mix my books up with something that is going to help me professionally, something tied to the kind of work that I do, and then something fun, just oh, something I, like I want to read. Yeah. Right. Perfect. Um, and so this is the something I want to read. And so this is, this book is, uh, the book was, when I read it, it was very interesting. It's about um, a, uh, a fever that takes over the world and wipes everyone out, all the women and children out, specifically. Oh, interesting. Um, and there's this one midwife that um, survives this fever, and she finds herself on a journey. And, uh, on her journey, she runs into the very few women and children that have been left, and they are up against trying to uh, keep their freedom because all that's left on the earth are men, and they're trying to take over the few women that are left to actually 
try to continue to populate the world, which they cannot do. So yeah. it's an interesting dynamic. It's almost like the HBO show. I forgot that show that just concluded. Um, oh, about- The Last of Us? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. similar yeah, to that to yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. No, that's so, fascinating. Uh, it's a very cool book. Um, I just reached, uh, finished reading a book, Manal uh, Biopa. And okay. the book is called Equity. Um, oh. I enjoyed this book. This was a um, book that was uh, provided to me um, by um, Minnell. Um, we, I went through an executive coaching class for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that, we, we read the book in, a li- in addition to the lessons and discussions we had. And I felt that was very valuable. And some of the things that are in that book, I'm actually putting in place with my organization today. So I thought that was helpful. Um, Gosh, you said three? Yeah. We can do two. We can do two. Yeah. I feel like (laughs) uh, my brain went blank. Right. That's all right. That's okay. Well, are you a a podcaster, LaToya? I do podcast. So what uh, what other um, what three podcasts do you recommend um, that you're listening to these days? one that I definitely want to highlight, and not just because I'm with CPR, but I really love this podcast, and I was actually connected to it before I got with CPR, but it's called Back From Broken. Okay. Um, it's uh, one of our hosts at um, uh, Public Colorado Public Radio. It's about uh, individuals who have kind of went and overcome major obstacles related to friend around kind of recovery, so any type okay. of recovery, yeah. um, whether it be... Um, addiction to drugs, alcohol, um, recovery in general, and how Mm -hmm. they um, have experienced that uh, situation and came out on the other side of it. So um, I love the stories because there is a little bit of heartbreak in the stories, but Mm -hmm. it's also a little bit of triumph at the end as well. Um, So I think it's a good balance. So that's Uh one of the podcasts that I look forward to every year. Um, Let's see here. Let me think. There's a colleague um, that I um, had at the city that also has a podcast. Um, it's called One Small Change. Okay. Um, oh, nice. Yes. And it was developed. He developed it with a few other individuals. And it's basically a podcast that tells what he calls it ordinary people's extraordinary stories. Oh, I like um, that. Yeah. And so it's a, you know, a, a, it could be some heart hard, um, hard conversations and mm-hmm. stories to hear about at the beginning, I guess, similar to back, back yeah. from broken, but, um, a lot of the, the twist of this is how they are using, uh, their, uh, previous experience of life to actually, um, uh, um, enhance their life moving forward and their oh, professional I like that. from nice. a professional perspective and also just a personal perspective. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, that does. Um, they're, they're intertwined. They're intertwined. Yeah. 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 Um, that's great. So those are two that I really love. And there's great. one that's called therapy for black girls. It's just a, a podcast about therapy, uh, coaching and development growth, um, that I stay connected to, to just enhance myself as an individual, a black woman. Yeah. yeah. Um, and something that I appreciate. So yeah. those are great. So last question is what's one question you wish we'd asked you and how would you have answered it? Hmm. <laughs> Linda's doing that to you, not me. Yeah, Linda. <laughs> wow, let's see here. 
I'm your friend. I don't know what she's doing to you. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, let me think about that. Let's see. One question I wish you would have asked me. Maybe a good question is, what, if I was to leave the earth now, what would I want to be remembered by? Oh, I like that one. So yeah. Beautiful. So how would you have answered that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, let's see here. I, I think I would want to be remembered from, for being honest, uh, fair, uh, respectful. Um, but straightforward. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't feel like I sugarcoat. I will also be want to be known for always one, you know, offering a helping hand. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how I would say that. I like that. That's beautiful. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it's a good way to, good way to close things out. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to thank our audience for joining us on this episode and to thank our guest Latoya and my uh, my, you, my co-host Scott. Um, and thanks everyone for joining us. We hope you'll uh, we'll be back again uh, soon and uh, with more incredible guests like Latoya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of An Unconventional Guide to Success. If you want to learn more about Latoya Lindsay, you can follow her on LinkedIn. Her profile is in the show notes. And to learn more about Colorado Public Radio, check out their website at www.cpr.org. An Unconventional Guide to Success is an inspirational, motivated series hosted by Scott Montgomery and Linda Misagatis, recorded on Riverside.fm. Music, editing, and production by Logan Misagatis. Check out Scott Montgomery's new book, How Did You Get Here?, and all the helpful related materials at www.howdidyougethere.com. Thank you for joining us on our journey. If you would like to reach out to us, our contact information is in the show notes.